All right, man, what a good what a good word there right now as we're worshiping our good God. So uh, something to think about as we go into a heart of prayer right now. I'd like for you to think about one person that you're aware of that needs to know Jesus the way you know Jesus, which is kind of a challenging conversation, right? Because what if you're saying, well, I don't know that I even know him all that well. You might be that one. You might be the one that you need to talk to. In Scripture, in Matthew chapter 18, we read of a story where, well, it's a parable that Jesus told about how the shepherd left he had 100 sheep. He left 99 of them to go after the one. Now, I know a lot, a lot of times there's been some debate on, can't believe you would walk away. Why would you sacrifice the 99 to go after this one? And what people don't realize is that the 99 were actually doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were, they were doing, they were in line, they, they, were, they were good. And so the shepherd left all that was comfortable and good and in order. And then he went to find the one that was caught in the bushes. It's easy to look at that conversation, that story, that parable, and say, well, that's kind of silly. Why would you do that until you're the one? And so I'm just grateful that the good shepherd left the 99 when I was caught in the pricker bushes. And so you might be there yourself, or you might know somebody that needs you to leave the 99. So as we pray this morning, it might be something brand new for you uh, to think beyond where you are to where God might, might want you to be. So let's take a moment and pray to God about that right now. So Heavenly Father, we're here this morning as we are just excited to be able to gather Excited to see faces. And in some situations, we get to see their eyes. Get to see the top of their head. But we remember the relationship that we have. And, and the whole mass thing doesn't even matter. Because we see the person for who they are. And we're so grateful to have that opportunity to do that. God, right now we're thinking about the, the one that strayed from the rest. We're thinking about that one that was in line, let's say, was in order, was following your leading, and yet wandered off. And so we, we prayed for that individual right now. We have great compassion for that person because, frankly, all of us were that one. At some point in time in our journey and some point in time in our life, we were that one. We were the ones that were caught in the bushes. We were the ones that strayed away. We were the ones doing our own thing. I've got this. I can handle it. And yet the good, good shepherd left the 99, left the comfort, left the calm, left the order in order to be able to rescue us. Not just talk with us, not just in the midst of our chaos, say, well, you know what, you're going through a rough time, and so we're just going to go through it, and, 
but actually took them out of that situation and said, you don't belong in a situation that is damaging to you. And so I want to take you from this situation and put you in a good, healthy, something that's going to make you uh, have a fulfilling future, something that's going to change everything. Shepherd wasn't worried about offending the sheep. The shepherd just simply went because it was an emergency. So there's somebody in our hearts right now in our minds that you've brought to us that it's an emergency. And we need to be not afraid to offend. But of course, we're going to build a relationship first and we're going to talk and we're going to kind of connect. I don't know what all this looks like, God. We're trying to figure it out ourselves. You know, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years of church history and we're trying to figure it out. And so perhaps maybe the, the simplest thing is to go back to what you said. You told the disciples, follow me. And so may we just simply offer that to people as well. Hey, follow Jesus. Will you follow Jesus with me? Will you follow me as I follow him? Yeah, I don't know, God, but I trust you. I know that you've got it worked out even though I don't. So open our ears and our minds today to something new that you may be able to fill us with peace and wisdom. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, amen. You may be seated. All right, thank you, worship team. Can we thank our worship team here? Keep clapping. We're going to thank our tech team and our camera team and our social media team. And our cleaning team. Who likes the cleaning team? Right? That's <laughs> so good. That's so good. Yeah, I went through in between services and after and wiping stuff down. Why? Because we knew you were coming. We knew you were coming. Wanted you to feel safe in this place. Hey, we're going to be jumping in the book of Judges. I know you probably didn't see that coming. Probably not the most glamorous book to talk about on a Sunday morning, but we're doing it. So we're going to be going in the book of Judges chapter 6, so you can start opening your Bibles or go on your Bible app to Judges chapter 6. We start a brand new series today called Premiere, and here's what we want you to know. Your extraordinary life can premiere today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to, you don't have to pray about whether or not you're going to follow Jesus. You can actually start doing whatever God is calling you to do today because God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. Now, during the, the, uh, the, the super lockdown time, I guess we're not really locked down a whole lot. Some people, some people do, but there were some movies that came out during that time um, that were some fa uh, fascinating films that I wanted to just find some truth in. And just have a little enjoyment with these as well. Also, starting next week, we're opening up all all to all ages uh, to registration here, so that uh, we will have a few more people and a few more ages. And this is an opportunity for us as adults to grow, but also to have a little bit of fun with our kids as well. Next week, we're going to be talking about the movie Onward: How God Gives Extraordinary Strength. Week three, we're going to talk about Trolls World Tour. This is a fun movie. I enjoyed this. If you have not seen these movies, well, you need to watch these because these are not kid movies. These are everybody movies. 
You can learn something from them, pretty fun. And we're going to learn from the Trolls movie how God gives extraordinary courage. And week four, we're going to walk a little bit through Frozen 2 and how God gives extraordinary help. But today, we're talking about a movie that came out kind of again, and it has a series all that I was growing up, and that movie is called Scoob. Has anybody seen the new Scooby-Doo movie? Has anybody watched Scooby-Doo growing up? All right, that's what I'm talking about there. See, you're missing it. You're missing it. The new movie, Scoob, is really cool. It's actually a, a, a kind of like a, a, a story of origin, how uh, Shaggy and Scooby met. And it was, a, it was kind of a cool moment there because I think Scooby's running away, hiding from something, and Shaggy's on the beach on a towel, and he's trying, getting ready to eat this really big sub that has all kinds of meats on it that nobody else wants to eat. That's kind of how he did it. And so at some point in time, a security guard comes up and says, I need to take this dog out of here because it's a stray and doesn't belong up here. And Shaggy says, actually, that's my dog. So he's kind of rescuing this animal. He says, yeah, well, what's his name? He looks down at a box and it says Scooby Snacks on it. And he says, his name's Scooby. And he says, well, what's his middle name? He says, Doobie. Well, what's his last name? He goes, Do." And that's where we get this origination of this idea of Scooby-Dooby-Doo and, and the fun element that comes with this. And of course, this movie did not disappoint when it comes to the idea that Shaggy and Scooby are best buddies, that they have so much fun together and they enjoy being a part of the mystery machine. But of course, the consistent behavior that when they get ready to go into a very scary situation, somehow, some way, one of the friends ends up in the other's arms because they're totally freaked out and afraid of what's going on, and yet they go into that situation anyway. Today we're going to learn about how God gives extraordinary peace and what that peace doesn't look like, but what that peace does look like, and we're going to look at it a little bit through the eyes of Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Are you ready? Say, let's go. So we're looking at Judges chapter 6, and I want to give you a little bit of start into this. I want to kind of get you into this a little bit, but the biggest idea that we need to wrap our minds around is the idea that when we look back at our beginning with Jesus, we are reminded of why we chose to follow him in the first place. When Scooby and Shaggy think back to the time when they first met, they remember why they were such good friends and why it was so significant for them to be together. And when we look back to our beginning, when we had that moment when somebody here went to an old-fashioned altar and asked for prayer, somebody in the, in the audience raised their hand, remember? And the pastor goes, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, remember that? And you prayed, or you prayed at your bedside, maybe a family member led you through the prayer to ask Jesus in your heart. And what we want to do is we want to go back to that moment of origin where we remember why it was so significant that we teamed up with our Heavenly Father, that we actually gave our lives and we said, okay, so now I'm just going to follow you because I did my way and your life is, your way is so much better for my life. And so we're thinking about that origin, the origination. And today you may say, well, you know what, my life is just ordinary. Nothing fantastic is going to come out of this life. I get that. There's a lot of people throughout scripture and today we're going to learn about Gideon. He was as ordinary as they come. And God was trying to pull that dude into doing something. But 
the reality is, is that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Amen? You are just the ordinary person that God is looking for to do something extraordinary. Now, the book of Judges is an interesting book. But when we go back to our origin, we think a little bit about 1 Peter chapter 1. Here's what the New Living Translation says. You love him even though you have never seen him. Peter's talking to the church. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Now going back to the origin of when I started memorizing scripture was the King James now, you're going to recognize this a little bit differently when I read that last phrase. It talks about how, um, though you do not um, see him now, you trust him. You have joy unspeakable and full of... There's even a hymn that came out of this. Uh, full, you know, you got this joy unspeakable and full of glory. And people would stand there and they'd sing this. This is what we did when I was growing up. Full of glory. And now today, we, it's a little different. Right? Like we want this music a little bit different. That's okay. That's all right. But it's something for us to be reminded of is that the whole reason we chose Jesus to begin with and how that connected was because we were looking for something we didn't understand, and yet here it is. We needed this joy unspeakable. Something I can't explain my joy. I can't even talk about it right. But I've got it in such a way it's amazing, and it's full of God's glory. So when we think about this story of origin today, we're thinking about why we chose to follow Jesus, why we chose to hook up with our Savior, why we chose to, to, to connect in that way. So in Judges chapter 6, Judges is an interesting book. It's, um, it's after the time that, they, that uh, you know, Joshua, the leader Joshua, they went into Canaan, they got the land, like we're after this time. This is the time of the judges. That's why it's called the book Judges. And so God would appoint different judges. And to be honest with you, it was kind of a disaster. If you read through the book of Judges, you know that a lot of these judges were given, you know, lots of permissions, and, and they frankly just kind of messed up a lot. They were whiny, they were complaining. These are the people that were judging Israel. And when you go through it, you're just kind of like, this is not, this can't be what God actually had for them. But this is the way that it was set up. So Judges chapter 6, the Israelites, as you can imagine, all kinds of great things has happened. You know, the rescue from slavery, they were given the land, and Israel, once again, starts disobeying God. They start worshiping false gods. They start doing all kinds of stuff they weren't supposed to be doing. Even after seeing and experiencing things, the, you remember we talked about having rocks piled up and those are called cairns. And the reason why that they did that back in the day was so that you could go back there and the kids would say, what is that? And they would talk about the goodness of God. At some point in time, they just stopped doing that. And they started drifting in another way, yet again, away from God. They were actually given to the Midianites. Um, they were actually uh, oppressed by them for like seven years. And it wasn't until they finally reached this point of starvation that Scripture says in chapter 6, verse 6, that, um, that then the Israelites cried out for help. That moment where you have reached your bottom... 
and you are crying for help. And you know what God said? Ready for this? He says, I told you that was going to happen. I told you that was going to happen. Now, I know we don't like to hear that because it can be shaming to tell people, I told you so. But there's some, there's some truth to reminding people, hey, do you remember that conversation we had? We joke, my wife and I sometimes will joke because she'll tell me something and I don't listen or obey, you know. And uh, she, she says, do you remember that conversation we had? And that's all she's got to say because then I'm kind of like, yeah, I know. Yes, I know. But I wanted to do it my way anyway. And so God has this conversation here. Uh, through a prophet. And no joke, God actually said it just the way that I'm going to read it. Then they cried out to the Lord because of Midian. The Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites and he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians, from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the, Amorite, uh, the, the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. You have not listened. I told you how to do it. And you still, you saw great things. You saw amazing things. Now you're crying out to me? Now this is what separates humans from God. Okay. There's a lot of things. But this is one of those things that when, when we make a promise to someone, we actually don't mean it forever. We mean it as long as you mean it. Oh, I promise to always take care of you. As long as you're nice to me. I promise to always be kind to you. Well, as long as you're kind to me. God made a promise to Israel. You are my people. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to take care of you. That doesn't mean he didn't have some harsh words from time to time. But once again, Israel cries out and said, hey, help. And God says, I told you not to do that. But in amazing, God-like fashion... He raises up another leader to do an amazing thing, okay? This is where Gideon pops on the scene here. This is Gideon's extraordinary premiere. Now, Judges chapter 6, we're starting in verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, say this bolded part with me, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Let's do that again, ready? Ready? The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And so right off at the beginning, now I know it's a little weird, a little, you got this visit from this angel, and, and you got, it's an angel of the Lord, which, which God is speaking through and, and, and kind of connecting here. And he says, listen, right now, I just want you to know that the Lord is with you. And then he calls Gideon something that he is not yet. He says, you are a mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, are you talking to me? Uh, and here's how I know this to be true. Because his response, he says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Does that sound familiar? Why does bad things happen to good people? Why, why am I going through this? God, I have been faithful. I have done everything you've asked me to do. And the cancer came back. God, I don't understand. I was the one with the most character, and yet I lost my job. 
God, I don't understand. Why was my house taken when I did nothing wrong? God, I don't understand. If you're with me, why am I having a rough day? And in their situation, it was their fault. And in sometimes, it's not our fault. But sometimes we have led our lives in a way that led us to a level of disaster. We got to own our own stuff, man. You've got to be willing to own what you have done. And then move on. Move forward. Take the, what you've learned and move, man. Move. But to say, well, I don't understand. God's with me. He says he loves me. God never promised. Jesus never promised a comfortable life. In fact, he promised the opposite of a comfortable life. But we have so commercialized Christianity that we believe that the peace of God actually represents a hammock in Tahiti on the beach. Well, if God really loved me, I would only have to worry about what color umbrella to put in my drink. Everybody wants to be a prophet. I talk, you hear about how people say, well, yeah, I'm a prophet. And I'm not saying, I don't know if God uses prophets or not, to be honest with you. But here, here's, because I'm not trying to tell God what he can do and can't do. But what I know of prophets of the old days is that they were hunted and they were killed and they were hated and despised. Because they were saying things that the people just could not fathom and stomach. So they wanted the prophets gone. And so we think that it's a glamorous thing. It's not a glamorous thing. It's a fulfilling thing, it's a satisfying thing, it's a peaceful thing, but it's not a calm, relaxing, I've got it all figured out type of a thing. But that's how we think it is. That's how we get it kind of messed up. He says, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? And, and uh, when they said, uh, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But, but now the Lord has abandoned us. I don't feel close to God. Therefore, I must not be close to God. You need to stop riding your feelings. You need to stop riding your feelings and start focusing on the facts. What did Jesus say? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He was telling his disciples, we are his disciples as well. He will not abandon us. And yet we feel abandoned when we feel abandoned and then we make up all kinds of stories about how well God must not be real because this happened I have had really heartfelt difficult conversations with people that would say I don't understand God I don't understand God why would he take my father away at 85 years old and I would say and, and I would say you and we had this this is a very close conversation we just kind of talked. I said you did realize eventually he was going to pass, right? And we had a moment of insight that, I guess you're right. You see, we just, we just don't always realize what's really right in front of us. The reality is Lazarus died again. Does that mean that God abandoned him that time? <laughs> no. It's the reality of what we live and what we're around. We live in a sinful world operated by sinful people and brokenness all around us. We have broken people marry broken people and have broken kids and then we expect it to all be hunky-dory. 
But it's hard and it's scary and we need every single day to wake up and pick up our cross daily. Every single day. But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of, the, of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, which makes me think that if you just look at the language as it is and you say, okay, so the, the, the angel of the Lord was there. And he was just making this statement. Maybe he wasn't directly looking at Gideon. But now all of a sudden he turns. And he's having this moment. <laughs> you ever tell, I tell my kids, find my eyes. Because be I need to be very clear what I'm about to say. Lord looks at him. And he says, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? If God sends you, he will equip you. If he sends you, he will not only go with you, but he'll go ahead of you and behind you. He will surround you because he's saying, this is what you need to do. I am sending you forth. Am I not sending you? Go in the power you have because I don't work with extraordinary people. I work with very ordinary people that are weak like you. And what most people don't understand is that we're all kind of like Gideon. But he understood his challenges, and he says, you really aren't looking. He's a real nice guy. Gideon was a very soft-spoken guy, clearly, because once again he says, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my family. Have you ever thought that? What can I do? I'm the weakest. I'm the, I have the less value. I'm afraid. I'm unsure. I've got my doubts. What can you do? What can you possibly do through me? And God says, you're exactly who I want to work through. Because everybody that knows you knows that if you did this, they would say, clearly God was with that person. And so when you think that you're the least in your clan, understand you have, the, you have one of the highest levels of possibility in glorifying God. Because people are going to go, there's no way you did that. Humble parents will say, when they say, man, you've got great kids. Man, they sit still, right, because this is our culture. They, they listen. And, and, and then humble parents that understand the truth, and they say, well, I guess they, they do act good out in public. They say, well, it's only by the hand of God that we're even able to do this because sometimes the parents that raise certain kids were not brought up that way. They're like, how did that happen? Only the hand of God could have done something there. So once again, Gideon's trying to get out of it because, you know, you're the weakest link, goodbye. And he's trying to say, you don't understand God. When was the last time you educated God? Was it this morning? Did you remind God of your situation and your story? Did you let God know that there's no way that you could do anything? Were you, were you reminding God today that, hey, there's no way that I can change anything because of this, this, and that? I think, I think it's interesting how we like to educate God. The one that was before us, the one that is with us, and that one, one will out, outlast us. The one that is not surrounded by time, but the one that holds time. The one that actually spoke the universe into existence. We have the goal to say, hey, did you know? Hey, were you aware? 
I don't think you understand. I used to do that. God, I don't think you, I, I don't think you want me. I think you want them. God, I don't think you want us. I think you want this person. And God says, actually, no, you're the one that I'm calling. And so he says, I'm the least in my family. The Lord answers, and he says, I will be with you. Say that with me. I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. You are going to do this. Now, this is how crazy this story develops to be. Now, Gideon had 32 soldiers ready to go. 32, like, okay, we're going to do this, 32. He was already outnumbered four to one, which means if he would have won with 32,000, then people still would have said, wow, that was the hand of God. And God said, that's too many. We're going to need to bring that down a little bit. And, God, and, and Gideon says, what about this number? God says, too many. He, what about this number? Too many. Okay, you're killing me. How, how, how about this number? And dwindled it down. Does anybody remember how many individuals that Gideon went to battle with? Huh? He went with himself, but he also went with a group. 300 is all that went. He had 32,000. And by numbers rights, by just numbers, he should have absolutely could have lost on that. And God said, actually, you're going to go in your own strength. I'm sending you. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can do. And here's where the peace came in. You ready? We just, said, we just talked a little bit about this the other week. Gideon moved forward anyway. Gideon stepped forward anyway. Even though he was, he was having a hard time stepping forward with 32,000. And then he, go, he dwindles it down to 300, just, down, just a couple, just, really just a couple compared to. And they stepped out anyway. There's a level of peace that comes when you know you're, in the hand, you're, you're walking with the hand of God. Here's what it looks like as a parent. So he's our Heavenly Father. We have two bathrooms, one on the main floor and one in the basement. And, and oftentimes, I don't know what the deal is, but my kids are all on the same cycle. And so whenever one goes, all of a sudden someone goes, oh, I got to go now. And they try to go, but the one's in the bathroom and they're in there. What, I don't know why kids take so long in the bathroom. They're, they're singing and whatever and making, making little paper mache with the toilet paper and all this stuff. And I tell them, don't waste toilet paper. We can't afford that right now. Anyway, and then they're, they're, so then they'll say, well, go downstairs. And then notoriously, they'll say, will you go with me? I'm not going to the bathroom with you. Right, I got an 11-year-old. I got an 8-year-old. I got a 7-year-old. Go to the bathroom. But because it's down in the basement, anybody grow up with a scary basement? We do not have a scary basement. Do you have a scary basement? I don't know why I grew up with so much fear. Um, I only watched shows like, like Halloween and Friday the 13th, all of those, and Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> right? I don't know why I had fear in my heart. But I was afraid of our basement. It was a big basement. I always had those dreams like I was running up the stairs and someone grabbing. Listen, don't let, the, don't let the Satan in Jesus' name be gone, right? So like, don't let them, don't let fear sneak in. But I was, I, so my kids are afraid and I get it. And they said, will you go with me? 
Now, me showing up does not change anything about the basement. The basement is still the basement. It's still, it still can be dark. It still can be scary. Nothing about the basement changed. The, what changed was who was going with them into the basement. And so you're saying right now, this is so scary. This is so uncertain. This is so traumatizing. This is so whatever. This is so, I'm, I'm so scared. I'm so, I have so much doubt. And here's the thing. The situation is not going to change. But who you're with does change when you put your hand in the hand of the Savior and you say, listen, I don't get it. But he does, and so we're going to go forward with the peace that he gives me because something comes over my children when they know that dad or mom is with them. Something comes over when they say there's a monster under the bed or in the closet. I don't know why they hide under the bed or in a closet. I got Brooklyn's mattress directly on the ground because she liked to stuff stuff under it and then and still somehow monsters squeeze under there and so sometimes they'll say there's a monster here a monster there and 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 then I'll just go over there and look right because I'm aware that there's most likely not going to be anything in there but I got my doubts I don't know I've seen too many movies and then as I open it up it's all good nothing changed with the basement Nothing changed with the spooky house. Nothing changed with the situation. The only thing that changed was who was with them when they went into that scary place. And that is how you receive extraordinary peace, is by walking with the one who gives it. Peace from God, it it doesn't mean that all the fear is gone. It just means you move forward in the face of fear. It doesn't mean that everyone is on your side. I am here to tell you that there are a number of people as a leader, and anybody that's a leader understands these things or in a position of leadership, there's typically a lot of people that are supporting you, encouraging you, sending you notes, loving you, blessing you, like, yeah, come on, here we go, yes. And yet there are still people on the other side that are trying to oppose you, trying to correct you, trying to do all these things. The reality is, is that the peace of God does not mean that everybody agrees with you. It just means that you're okay with moving forward with what God has told you to do, even in the midst of people opposing you. I didn't think peace was like that. When you have the peace to know that you're doing what God has called you to do, that means that you're holding his hand ready to go in the basement. You can do it now. You just need to realize that he's with you. He never abandoned you. Maybe there was a moment of silence, or maybe you didn't shut up long enough. I'm not supposed to say shut up. Sorry, kids. My kids are watching, I bet. <laughs> we don't say Never mind, disregard. And so they, you, didn't, you weren't quiet long enough for him to listen, for you to listen to the Spirit of God. He's been talking and talking and talking, and you're running the mouth so much trying to control everything that you totally missed the point. It doesn't mean that all the doubt is gone. It doesn't mean that my doubt is gone. It just means that the one that I'm with is giving me so much strength and peace to be able to move forward that I can still go into that scary situation. It doesn't mean that it will all work out in the way that you think it should. I can't tell you how many times that I was walking a path that 
Even God set me on. And then from my perspective, it appeared that he jerked the wheel to go a different direction. There's so many times to say, I, God, I wasn't expecting you to do that. He had a plan. And the way that he works with me is, hey, I got an idea. And then he jerks the wheel because I'm that kind of guy that says, hey, guys, I got an idea. And then people go, oh, boy. But with God, he actually already had it planned out. And he says, listen, we got, I got a new direction for you. And then even in the midst of fear and doubt and the darkness of the basement, God says, it's okay. Am I not sending you? I am with you. I'm not going to move your feet for you, but I will, I will walk with you. I will support you and I will encourage you. But what does it mean? Peace from God, it does mean that you can do it anyway. It means that you can do it anyway, even if you're unsure. Just like when Shaggy and Scooby will go and do a haunted house, right? And they're like, I don't know that I can do this. And then they get into it and they're running around and they're scared as all get out. But as long as they came back together, they were still scared. They still had their doubts, but they clung to one another to be able to get through that situation. How simple is that? Didn't Jesus say that in order to be able to see heaven, you need to come to him with the heart of a child? So let's look at this as simple as possible. You just need to cling to your heavenly father, even in the midst of your fear and your doubt and your uncertainty. Nobody knows what school's going to look like when we go back in the fall. Nobody knows how it's all going to lay out. Nobody knows if in-person schooling is going to work. Nobody knows if it's going to work at home. Nobody knows these things. We have some standards. We have some guidelines. We have some conversations, but nobody really knows. But God says, listen. I'm going to go with you. Is that enough? That's a question right there. Is it enough for you to have Jesus go with you in a situation? Is it? We're supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ. So sometimes Jesus, you know, uses another person to help you walk through that as well. But is it enough to have Jesus with you to walk into that basement? Is, it, is he really enough for you? It means that the chaos that surrounds us does not mirror what lies within us. The world is chaotic right now, but you can have peace. Why? Because God gives extraordinary peace. God gives extraordinary peace. Your extraordinary life can premiere today. It can begin today. It can take on this new form today. It can happen today. If you want it to, your extraordinary life can premiere today. It doesn't mean you don't doubt. It doesn't mean you don't have fear. It just means that you're willing to move forward because of the one who you're with. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song here. And here's what I want this song, this, this time uh, to be for all of us, is to be thinking through our next steps. I think it's so valuable, so important for us to not just, okay, our next steps, boom, I'm out. But let's take a moment today and let's think through our next steps. So during this last song, think about this. 
Where in your life do you need the peace of God? Is it with a child, an adult child? Is it with work? Is it with school? Is it, worth, is it with the, the world right now? Could we use some peace in the world today? Where in your life do you need peace? Not false peace. Not pretend peace. Not Pinterest peace. I'm talking about the peace of God. It's like that moment when you say, I'm going to pray about this because I'm anticipating the peace of God. I've talked to people that were, they knew the decision they had to make, so they were making that decision. It was excruciating to them, so they were feeling pain, and yet they said, but I have peace about it. This is not what I want to do, but when I ask God, he gives me this peace that says this is it doesn't make it easier it just makes it right so where do you where in your life do you need the peace of god ask for his peace in that situation so it's possible that god is asking you to do something that he's trying to work in your life and in your heart but it doesn't sound like it's something you want to do or that it doesn't even sound like what you've known your whole life. So in honor of our service today, this brand new series premiere, I decided to do something that I had never done before on a Sunday morning. And that is to wear shorts to preaching. Now you laugh. But Pastor Gordon struggled. Struggled. I went home once. I have jeans in my car. Waiting on the Lord to say I was just playing. I was just playing. Don't sacrifice Isaac, right? Because there's a level of legalism that I struggle with. Believe it or not. I don't know that I'll do it a lot. But this was more for me than anything. Because I knew that God, that, that, that the Spirit was saying, hey, just do this. Just do this. What's the big deal? This is the Spirit of God saying, what's the big deal? And I'm educating him saying, well, don't you understand? And I have really amazing people in my life that talk into my life. And it's something that I had... I, you think I'm crazy? I had to do it. What do you need to do that sounds crazy to you? Like wearing shorts to preaching on a Sunday morning. That you're saying, but that doesn't sound like God. What do you know what God sounds like if you're not even spending time in his word? How do you, it sounds just like God to mess with my head, to get me away from the religious behavior that I was so prevalent to go into instead of just focusing on a little moment. It sounds just like my Savior to say, no, we're not going down that road. We're going on this road. It sounds just like him. That's what made it hard. <laughs> I knew this exactly. But we all struggle with something. 
We all struggle with something. As silly as that sounds, we all struggle with little things. I've known people that have had a hard time attending church without a full suit on because they grew up. That's, how they, that's what they did, and that's what they were told. You're coming to God's house. You better wear your best. I don't remember woman at the well. Let's see, the fishermen, they probably stunk. I don't remember Jesus saying that. I remember the law of the land in the Old Testament that had all these requirements, the law of Moses, in order to be able to perform and to be able to do certain things. But we're not killing and sacrificing animals anymore, are we? All I'm saying is that I think, gee, I think we're going to be so shocked to find out that the things that we thought were important, Jesus never even paid attention to. So listen to the voice of God. I hope you enjoyed the start of premiere. Next week we'll be back here to learn a little bit more. There'll be some, hopefully some kiddos here in the service with us, family service time. If you haven't ordered your CLC gear, make sure that you get the new t-shirt. You can go online and check that out or check with Miss Nicole before you leave as well. If you're new, if it's the first time that you're watching, first time, I think everybody's been here before, but there's some people that are watching online. That's kind of a cool thing. Uh, go to our website and fill out the new here card. Or if you chose to follow Jesus for the first time, we want to know about it because our church celebrates those who are new to Jesus and who continue in the faith. So make sure that you check that out. Well, now receive the blessing of the Lord as you head out here today. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May he shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may he turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.